And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's July 19th, 200th day of the year. 165 days remain to the year's over with. The uh, holidays and observances. National Daiquiri Day. National Hot Dog Day. Amun Jadid. Um, Flight Attendant Safety Professionals Day. And a National Retainer Day. Liberation Day. Marked the end of the Somoza Dynasty and the beginning of the Sandinista government. Martyrs Day in Myanmar. National Barber Day. National Flitch Day. National Football Day. Which is most every Saturday. National Urban Beekeeping Day. National Words with Friends Day. Stick Out Your Tongue Day. Take Your Poet to Work Day. And the Sandinista Revolution Day. Well, here the peanut gallery is tuning up. Uh, this is a day that they have a love-hate relationship with. It's the garbage man comes by. And boy, do they enjoy attacking him. All right. Um... You know, I've been talking about um, various aspects of the, the Kennedy assassination. And some of the folks involved, what in the world, um, just absolutely boggled the mind. Uh, the CIA, the Mafia, Cuban and I Castro rebels, um, Looney Tunes of every shape and color. Well, as I said, this is July 19th, and in AD 64, the Great Fire of Rome caused widespread devastation and burns for six days, destroyed half the city, and supposedly Nero was fiddling. While this was going on. 484. Leontius. Roman usurpers crowned Eastern Emperor in Tarsus. Recognized in Antioch. And makes Antioch his capital. And. 711. Umayyad conquest of Hispania. Battle of Guadalete. Umayyad forces under Tariq ibn Ziyad defeat the Visigoths led by King Roderick. 939, Battle of Simancas. King Ramiro II of Leon defeats the Moorish army under Caliph Abd al-Rahman III at the city of Simancas. 998, Arab-Byzantine Wars. Battle of Apamea. The Fatimites defeat the Byzantine army near Apamea. 1333, Wars of Scottish Independence, the Battle of Hamilton Hill. English won a decisive victory over the Scots. The uh, 1544 Italian War, 
1542 to 46, the first siege of Boulogne begins. 1545, the Tudor warship Mary Rose sinks on Portsmouth. 1982, the wreck is salvaged in one of the most complex and expensive projects in the history of maritime archaeology. 1553, the attempt is, uh, to install Lady Jane Grey as Queen of England collapses after nine days. 1588, Anglo-Spanish War, Battle of Gravelines, the Spanish Armada is sighted in the English Channel. The, um, 1903, um, hmm, 1701, representatives of the Iroquois Confederacy signed the Nanfan Treaty, ceding a large territory north of the Ohio River to England. 1702, Great Northern War, numerically superior, Polish-Saxon army of Augustus II the Strong, operating from a Advantageous defensive position is defeated by a Swedish army half its size under the command of King Charles XII in the Battle of Clisau. 1817. Unsuccessful his attempt to conquer the Kingdom of Hawaii for the Russian American Company. George Anton Schaefer is forced to admit defeat and leave Kauai. Didn't even get a lay to go with him. 1821. Coronation of George IV of the UK. This day in 1832, the British Medical Association is founded as the Provincial Medical and Surgical Association by Sir Charles Hastings at a meeting in the boardroom of the Worcestershire uh, Infirmary. 1843, Brunel steamship, the SS Great Britain, is launched, becoming the first ocean-going craft with an iron hull and screw propeller. became the largest vessel afloat in the world. 1845, the Great New York City Fire of 1845, last great fire to affect Manhattan begins early in the morning and is subdued that afternoon. Kills four firefighters and 26 civilians and destroys 345 buildings. 1848, Women's Rights, two-day Women's Rights Convention opens in Seneca Falls, New York. 1863, American Civil War, Morgan's Raid. At Buffington Island in Ohio, Confederate General John Hunt Morgan's raid into the north is mostly thwarted when a large group of his men are captured while trying to escape across the Ohio River. 1864, the Taiping Rebellion, Third Battle of Nanking. The Qing Dynasty finally defeats the Taiping Heavenly Kingdom. 1870, Franco-Prussian War. France declares war on Prussia. 1900, the first line of the Paris Metro opens for operation. 1903, Maurice Garin wins the first Tour de France. 1916, World War I, Battle of Fromilies. British and Australian troops attack German trenches as part of the Battle of the Somme. 1934, the Regent airship USS Macon surprises the USS Houston near Clipperton Island with a mail delivery for President Franklin Roosevelt demonstrating the uh, potential for tracking ships at sea. 1936, Spanish Civil War. CNT and the UGT call a general strike in Spain. Mobilized workers' militias against the nationalist forces. 1940, World War II, Battle of Cape Spada. Royal Navy and the Regina Marina clash. Italian light cruiser Bartolomeo Colleoni sinks with 121 casualties. 
1940 field marshal ceremony. First occasion in World War II, Adolf Hitler appoints uh, field marshals due to military achievements. 1940, World War II. Army orders 112. Uh, Army order 112 forms the intelligence corps of the British Army. I always thought that was an oxymoron, military intelligence. 1942, World War II, the second happy time of Hitler's submarines comes to an end as the increasingly effective American convoy system compels them to return to the Central Atlantic. 1943, World War II, Rome is heavily bombed by more than 500 Allied aircraft, inflicting thousands of casualties. 1947, Prime Minister of the Shadow Burmese government, Bagyok Ong San, and eight others are assassinated. Also in 1947, Korean politician Lu Woon-hung is assassinated. 1952, opening of the Summer Olympics in Helsinki, Finland. In 1957, the largely autobiographical novel The Ordeal of Gilbert Penfall by Evelyn Law is published. 1961, Tunisia imposes a blockade on the French naval base at Deserta. The French would capture the entire town four days later. 1963, Joe Walker flies a North American X-15 to a record uh, altitude of 347,800 feet on uh, X-15 Flight 90. Exceeding an altitude of 100 kilometers, this flight qualifies as a human space flight at an international convention. 1964, Vietnam War. In a rally in Saigon, South Vietnamese Prime Minister Nguyen Khan calls for expanding the war into North Vietnam. 1967, Piedmont Airlines Flight 22, a Piedmont Airlines Boeing 727 and a twin-engine Cessna 310 collided over Hendersonville, North Carolina. Both aircraft were destroyed and all passengers and crew were killed, including John T. McNaughton, an advisor to Robert McNamara. I knew McNamara's daughter-in-law. 1969, Chappaquiddick Incident. Senator Ted Kennedy crashes his car into a tidal pond at Chappaquiddick Island in Massachusetts, killing his passenger, marrying Joe Kopechny. 1972, Dauphin Rebellion. British SAS units helped the Omani government against the popular front for liberation of Oman. Rebels uh, in the Battle of Mirbat. 1976, Sagramatha National Park in Nepal is created. 1977, the world's first global positioning system, GPS, don't you know, uh, signal was transmitted from Navigational Technology Satellite 2 and received at Rockwell Collins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa at 12.41 in the morning Eastern Time. 1979, the rebels overthrow the government of the Somoza family in Nicaragua. 1979 also saw the oil tanker SS Atlantic Express collide with another oil tanker, causing the largest ever shipborne, shipborne oil spill. 1980, opening of the Summer Olympics in Moscow. 1981, in a private meeting with President Reagan, French President Mitterrand reveals the existence of the farewell dossier, a collection of documents showing the Soviet Union been stealing American technological research and development for years.
1982, one of the first uh, militant uh, attacks by Hezbollah. David Dodds, president of the American University of Beirut, is kidnapped. 1983, the first three-dimensional reconstruction of a human head in a CT is published. 1985, the Valdistava Dam collapses, killing 268 people in Valdistava, Italy. 1989, United Airlines Flight 232 crashes in Sioux City, Iowa, killed 111. 1992, a car bomb kills Judge Paolo Borsellino and five members of his escort. 1997, the Troubles. Provisional Irish Republican Army resumes a ceasefire to end their 25-year paramilitary campaign to end British rule in Northern Ireland. 2011, Guinean President Alpha Condé. Survives an attempted assassination of coup d'etat at his residence in Conakry. 2012, Syrian civil war. The People's Protection Units captured the city of Kobani without resistance, starting the Rojava conflict in northeast Syria. 2014, gunmen in Egypt's western desert province of New Valley Governorate attack a military checkpoint, killed at least 21 soldiers. Egypt reportedly declares a state of emergency uh, on its border with Sudan. And in 2018, the Knesset passes the controversial nationality bill that defines the state of Israel as a nation state of the Jewish people. Well, on that note, we've come to the end of our little history segment. You know, the um, very few people were made aware of the involvement of uh, organized crime in uh, either the Kennedy assassination or in the attempts to overthrow Castro. The, um, in fact, any testimony about it um, from any of the participants to Congress was done in a closed-door session. It was at a closed-door hearing in June of 1975 that Johnny Rosselli testified about his role as an assassin for the CIA. Now, the um, interesting thing is all the different players... To include the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, which orchestrated a cover-up of the Kennedy assassination. Among the Cubans was Tony Verona, a corrupt former Cuban official, opposed to Castro and maintained friendships in Miami with both the mobsters and Cuban exiles. He wanted to be involved in the liquidation of Castro, Juan Orta, double agent inside Havana who supposed he was going to slip poison pills to Castro at the request of the mafia and the CIA. Rolando Cubella, originally one of Castro's strongest allies, but he decided he wanted to defect. When Castro became uh, with the Russians, CIA tried to convince him to kill Castro. Uh, he refused. He was... Many thought he was a double agent actually working for Castro. Then we got DGI, 
created during the Cold War. Cuba's intelligence service, uh, also known as the Rechion General de Intelligencia, became one of the most effective spy agencies in the world. And while it was run by supposed spy masters, Castro was the boss. He knew before you did what you were going to do. And well, uh, our team, beloved figure among Cuban exiles and the favorite of the Kennedys, he actually led the 1961 Bay of Pigs invasion. Once a, an ally of Castro's, he strongly opposed Castro's decision to go with the communists. Then we had a number of entertainers involved in this silly mess. Frank Sinatra. He campaigned for Kennedy in 1960, introduced him to girlfriend Judy Campbell, and was also a good friend of Giancana Rosselli and a number of other mafia figures. He uh, invested with Giancana in Cal Nav Casino until Nevada authorities learned that the mobster had an interest. The Rat Pack itself was involved. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Peter Lawford, who was actually Kennedy's brother-in-law. Dan Rowan, TV host and comedian. I'm sure you've heard about Rowan and Martin's laugh-in. He courted uh, singer Phyllis uh, McGuire, which prompted Giancana's uh, jealousy and orders to put a secret bug in his hotel room. All right. We got Monty Prosser. He was a front man for a talent agency and a bunch of nightclubs controlled by mafia members in Hollywood, New York, and Las Vegas. Harry Kahn, Hollywood movie mogul and close friend of Johnny Rosselli. you got to remember, all these people, no matter how high they were, either knew what was going to happen or had some involvement in getting the mechanism running. Then there's Howard Hughes, movie tycoon and aviator. He employed private eye Robert Mayhew and wound up learning about the CIA's Castro assassination plot. And he parlayed that information into uh, enough leverage with the help of Rosselli and Mayhew. He bought several Las Vegas casinos. Tony Accardo. He'd been the boss of the Chicago outfit who actually selected Ian Connor to be his successor. The rumor is he later regretted his decision. Santo Traficante Jr. He was a mafia leader in Florida who joined Giancana Rosselli in this CIA plot. There are many who believe he was a double agent for Castro. Because after all, these people can kill the President of the United States. And they can't kill Castro? Please. And you got Sam, Mad Sam DeStefano, psychopathic killer who was known as the enforcer for Giancana. William Action Jackson. High-powered mob loan shark who was actually butchered by Giancana's gang after being spotted uh, talking with an FBI agent named by the name of Rumor. Marshall Cafano, Chicago hitman. He moved to Vegas to help uh, Rosselli oversee the casinos. His wife had an affair with Giancana, and instead of taking offense, he was flattered. Willie Bioff, 
former Chicago mobs who turned informant in the Hollywood extortion case sent Rosselli and other gangsters to jail. He was discovered in Vegas under an assumed name and was murdered. Jimmy Fratiano, he was a hitman from California, longtime friend of Rosselli. He also became a FBI informant. The uh, interesting thing, when you start digging into this, it reads like a spy novel. You know, for more than 10 years, well, actually for more than 20 years, the plot to kill Castro was only known by a few people. I mean, there's no way the almighty CIA could have a plot to kill somebody and not be successful. Apparently, Lyndon, I'm going to be King Johnson. Didn't know about it until his fourth year in office. According to a comment Johnson made to some friends, with the help of Jen Conner and Marcelli, the CIA had been operating Murder Incorporated in the Caribbean. And as a result, a lot of questions didn't get answered to the Warren Commission. Such as why the commission was was never told about the agency Castro conspiracy with the mafia. For his part, Johnson, who was the one ordered the creation of the Warren Commission, just made the comment it'll come all come out one day and let it go with that. He got what he wanted. He got a dead president so he could take the office. But this spy story remained an enigma for years, including the, the fate of Rosselli and Giancana. Not until 2007 did the CIA admit that Alan Dulles, its director, uh, back in the 60s, was responsible for offering a sizable bounty to the two gangsters in exchange for Castro's head. He actually put a bounty on the head of government of another country. But that's okay, because it was for a good cause, don't you know? There's a long-suppressed internal CIA report known as the Family Jewels that go into all kinds of details on this. And more pieces of the puzzle came out in 2017 when the National Archives released thousands of files about the Kennedy assassination. They'd been kept secret uh, for decades. And many addressed the CIA's Cold War crusade against Castro. And when you look at all these uh, individual documents, you see a complicated tale far greater than 99% of Americans ever realized. Taken together, they provide the most comprehensive picture yet of America's first confirmed attempt at state-sponsored assassination of a foreign leader. The uh, through these files, you can get a much better picture of Jen Conner and Rosselli's world, which included CIA spies and their handlers, beautiful Hollywood women, actresses, very well-known actresses, Rat Pack entertainers like Sinatra in Vegas, mafiosos in Chicago, Cuban exile commanders in Miami, Cuba. Uh, Hoover's 
Keystone Cop style FBI and all the anti-communist that populated the White House at that time. He talks about passions and ambitions and the conflicting loyalties among um, the parties. Now, Jim Conn and Roselli, at the height of their careers, controlled a multi-million dollar empire never before seen in the annals of American crime. Those two together control more than did the the five families of uh, New York. Combined. And Giancana wanted to be the the godfather of Latin America. Now, both of them, Giancana and Rosselli, began as underlings for Al Capone's Chicago gang. They had a history of working together. They ran gambling palaces in Cuba and Nevada and was the mob spokesman in a number of areas. They liked to hang out at the Boom Boom Room in Miami's Fountain Blue Hotel. That's actually where the plan to assassinate Castro was created in September 1960. Although they they were proud to point the finger at themselves and talk about their patriotism, but in actuality, they wanted to bring back the casinos that had made so much money for the mob in uh, Cuba. When he came to power, Castro closed down the, the casinos in Havana. They also wanted to revive the San Suchi Resort that they'd run in Cuba with Spanish-speaking mafia boss, Santo Traficante Jr. And according to documents in the uh, Kennedy files, they thought cooperating with the government in such a high-risk venture as assassinating Castro would get them kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card they would use to keep the feds off their backs as they expanded their criminal activity at home. And for a time, it appeared that they were correct. Well, it was clear that the CIA was out of control. It was almost a country within a country. These documents show the CIA conducted a covert war against Castro from secret camp next door to the Miami Zoo. They developed mysterious James Bond-like killing devices. Now, one impetus for that was the fact that uh, the Kennedys loved the Bond novels and they encouraged the development of the type of weapons that they saw in the books. And three different CIA directors lied about the uh, the secret murder plot. South Florida was turned into a secret war zone, and it basically became a wild whack-a-mole hunt for Castro inside Cuba. But with all the money and all the killers running around, they couldn't find Castro. 
Now, he finally died November 2016. Not from an assassin's bullet, but 90 years old, asleep in his bed. But instead of being the promised savior, Castro turned his once prosperous homeland into an armed communist camp. He had firing squads and prisons you did not want to get put into. He invited Russian nuclear weapons into his nation as a way to protect his regime, helped incite the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis with its uh, threatened Armageddon between the U.S. and Soviet Union. Aware of the plots against him, Castro publicly vowed revenge against those who wanted him dead. And there are documents in what was released that show how Castro's spy agency and its double agents in Florida penetrated the CIA operation more than U.S. officials realized. They conspired to blow up New York City in a 9-11 type attack and managed to keep El Comandante from getting killed despite numerous CIA-sponsored attempts. Well, as Cuba now reopens itself to the world, this story becomes something of a Rosetta Stone for understanding all the Cold War hatred and violence that's existed for decades. CIA's mafia scheme against Castro shows how easily U.S. espionage and law enforcement agencies were corrupted more than a generation ago, with government-sanctioned murder justified on the claims of uh, national security. In fact, talk of assassination pervades the, the great game, as it's called, just as it does in our Trump era with Russian-trained spies left for dead and rumors of compromat and presidential indiscretion and worries of a new Cold War. Right now, millions of dollars are being spent to try to keep Trump from becoming president again. I mean, this... Special prosecutor must have people working overtime to come up with new things to throw against the former president. In the end, the Castro conspiracy became a Mephistopolean bargain, promised to do what it took to get rid of Cuba's communist strongman. And Giancana and Rosselli both believe their actions against Castro, if not rewarded by the U.S. government, at least keep them free from future prosecution. Unfortunately, they were wrong. You know, it's interesting to, as you delve further and further into um, all the things that were going on at that point in time, And there's, <clears throat> most people believe, and most still do, that the death of President Kennedy was a one-off. Things don't, as one person said, one professor said to me, things like that don't happen in this country. You're just ginning up conspiracy theories, no basis to them. Well... When you put aside the rose-colored glasses most 
leftist professors use, and you look at the facts, a lot of strange things come to light. I mean, the strange deaths of Marilyn Monroe and Mary Pinchot Meyer. London, I'm going to be King Johnson and Sam Giancana. Why would a law enforcement agency work hand-in-hand -hand with the Mafia? And why would... Now, the Warren Commission cost several million dollars. And it was one of the most sophisticated whitewashes I've seen in a long time. But a three-judge panel in New Orleans issued a holding that the Warren Commission is not admissible as evidence in a court of law because it is hearsay. In other words, the determination that Johnson was so proud of that Lee Harry Oswald was a lone nut gunman was not a legal finding. Now the Warren Commission, the Jim Garrison investigation, the Church Committee, the Rockefeller Committee, the Select House Committee on Assassination, the Assassination Records Review Board, all of it, and the millions of dollars it represents, literally amounted to nothing. The Warren Commission was nothing more than a cover story to convince the American people Oswald acted alone, and there was no conspiracy. Federal agents sabotaged Jim Garrison's trial of Clay Shaw. The CIA infiltrated his office. And the House Select Committee on Assassinations was almost terminated because it was revealing the truth. And there is solid evidence that the CIA's Project Mockingbird to control the media was in full swing during these investigations. And it's still in effect today. You know, among the recently released 2017 Kennedy assassination files is information that goes deeply into Nixon and Watergate. And there are links from that debacle straight back to the Kennedy assassination. Richard Nixon's action and his role as the... Uh, as VP when he orchestrated what became known as the Bay of Pigs invasion is directly linked to the Kennedy assassination. After he came to power, Castro came to America and asked for an alliance. He wanted the best for his country. He met with Nixon, who was vice president at the time, and Nixon actually insulted him to the point that he walked away and went to the Soviet Union. And it was Nixon who set in motion a secret team that was created for the purpose of assassinating Fidel Castro. And it was Nixon who set up the original plans for an invasion of Cuba. And that invasion, which was a total fiasco, ended up causing the U.S. and the Soviets to come within the blink of an eye of a nuclear war that could have destroyed the world. Six of the seven Watergate burglaries lead right back to the 
Cuba and a Castro community, which in turn leads to the Kennedy assassination. And at least two of the Watergate burglars were in Dallas on November 22, 1963, and involved in the assassination. There are three sources that place one burglar in Dallas with a rifle in his hand. Nixon knew Jack Ruby. Ruby had worked for Nixon's office as an informant when he was chasing spies in his congressional days. He also or, um, orchestrated some espionage activity that took place when he campaigned for and won the presidency in his first term. Nixon himself called the Watergate Commission BS when his vice president Spiro Agnew was forced to resign. Nixon wanted one or two people to replace him, and both had deep connections to the Kennedy assassination. He wanted John Connolly. That was his first choice. But he had to settle on Gerald Tell Me What to Say Ford, who'd been on the Warren Commission. It was Ford that changed the location of the wounds on Kennedy's back in the final version of the report to meet with the scenario that the government wanted to put out to the American people. Nixon was obsessed with obtaining the CIA files on the Kennedy assassination after he became president. He demanded the CIA give them to him, and they refused. So he fired the director. And it's believed that burglars were looking for the secret files the Democrats had that involved Cuba and espionage and assassination attempts on Castro that went right back to the Kennedy assassination and right back to Nixon as vice president. Now, the assassination of Kennedy happened and was over in about seven seconds. And there were no less than 40 witnesses who report the shots had been fired from a picket fence on top of the grassy knoll. There's an investigative report out that uh, reviews the accounts of Victoria Adams, Danny Garcia, Arce, Virgie Baker, Jane Berry, and a whole long list of folks. And that evidence is backed up with some documents from, and contains diagrams of possible locations of the shots fired. But all this was ignored because it was Lee Harvey Oswald, lone nut gunman. Now, now the new 2017 files that were released and a careful review of the assassination records review board evidence makes it very clear that the medical evidence of Kennedy's body had been altered to only show shots that had been fired from behind. To do that, evidence disappeared, evidence was forged, and there was some unauthorized surgery on the president's body. Now the Assassination Records Review Board uncovered made public and Action report from USMC Sergeant Roger Boyan stated that Kennedy's body arrived at Bethesda Hospital 20 minutes before the motorcade carrying that official expensive bronze coffin arrived, carrying uh, along with Mrs. Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. 
at Coffin. Arrived at the rear of Bethesda Naval Hospital 20 minutes ahead of the official motorcade and was taken into the autopsy room and opened. It was a plain gray shipping casket. And it had the body of the president and a standard body bag. Now, after viewing all the interviews conducted by uh, Assassination Record Review Board uh, investigators concerning the autopsy, comparing it to the evidence that uh, now exists in the National Archives, substantial and key evidence is actually missing. Autopsy reports, autopsy photographs, bullet fragments from the president's head, brain, and a number of x-rays are all gone. The brain of the president is missing. And when they first examined the body, the brain wasn't connected to the brain stem. Now, as I've said many times, it doesn't take much in the way of intelligence to be a politician today. But your brain connected to your brain stem is a requirement. Now, by reviewing the Assassination Record Review Board records and interviews, evidence has been developed that the body of the president was actually altered before the official autopsy was conducted in order to make it appear all shots fired were fired from the rear. Now, that evidence is based on the description of the wounds from eyewitness accounts at the time of the assassination. Eyewitness accounts from doctors and nurses at Parkland compared to the description of wounds detailed in the official autopsy. Clearly, somebody went to a great deal of effort to cover up how the president was killed. Now, from there, we go to the question of... Uh, and it's interesting to note that e even the assassination of Robert Kennedy was covered up in much the same way. The official finding in regard to Robert Kennedy was that he was assassinated by Sirhan Basara Sirhan. No conspiracy, lone nut gunman. However, Sirhan Sirhan had always been directly in front of the senator. The closest he got was two feet. His pistol carried eight rounds. It was a I've seen uh, pistols like that that can go up to eight rounds, revolvers, that is. But the death wound was fired from behind at point-blank range in an upward angle. Your eyewitness and earwitness state that it, between 12 and 14 shots were fired. There's audio recorded acoustic evidence that shows that. So where did the other six rounds come from? Your witness accounts and acoustic tape recorded uh, evidence revealed that there were a few shots, a pause, and a volley of many shots. Sir Han could not have fired all those shots. Additionally, he couldn't have gotten behind Robert Kennedy because Rosie Greer nailed him with a body tackle in front of 
Senator Kennedy. And some of the shots in that second group of shots were almost on top of each other. And it came from another direction. So there was another gun in that kitchen. Well, it was clearly established after the fact that um, there was a conspiracy to stop Robert Kennedy from coming to the next president of the U.S. Now, what's interesting is there was substantial evidence her hand, her hand was hypnotized in what can be called a trance-like gun range mode to fire his gun, but he was a diversion. Patsy, likely Harvey Oswald. His handler was a young lady in a polka dot dress who had been observed by many witnesses who simply vanished after the assassination. It came out, Sir Hans hand was treated by a famous hypno-programming doctor who actually admitted he was involved before he was found dead in a Las Vegas hotel room. Now, if that's not bad enough, There was a conspiracy involved in the death of Martin Luther King, Jr. December, November 22, 1963, he was sitting in his home with his wife watching TV when he heard that John Kennedy had been assassinated in Dallas. He turned to his wife and said, that same thing is going to happen to me. And it happened to him April 4, 1968. On an outside second-story balcony at the Rain Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. Both a congressional committee investigation and a civil trial from a wrongful death claim concluded that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated as a result of conspiracy. The civil trial concluded James Earl Ray, the so-called assassin, did not fire any shot from a second-story bathroom window. He was a patsy. Now, that trial got very little media publicity. And James Earl Ray mysteriously died in prison from a kidney fa uh, failure. He'd been denied, he had been approved for a kidney transplant, but authorities denied his right for the procedure, even though his attorney offered the funds to pay for it. The investigation into Martin Luther King set out um, hidden witnesses who never told their story in the first investigation. Go step by step over the physical evidence that shows beyond a reasonable doubt the murder was a conspiracy and that James Earl Ray did not fire any shots. Evidence covers the fact that half a dozen witnesses saw a man with a rifle in the bush area across the street from the assassination crime scene. There are witnesses that collaborate to Lloyd Jower's claim long before his confession. Security for King was pulled back and black officers were ordered and lured away from the assassination location before it occurred. A covert surveillance operation was going on at the time of the assassination from the fire department across the street that involved local, county, state, and federal officials. Now, King had originally planned to stay at another hotel that was more secure, but because of remarks made by J. Edgar Hoover, but he was too good to stay in a black motel, he went back to the all-black Lorraine Motel. He'd originally booked a room in the Lorraine Motel in a more secure location on the bottom floor, but somebody switched the room at the last minute so King could be seen on the second-story outside balconies he exited, 
entered and exited his room. And there was evidence found in James Earl Ray's car. He was being handled by a person by the name of Raul who had set him up to take the fall for the assassination just as he had later claimed. The FBI agent that found this evidence never turned it in because he later said he was afraid he'd be killed if he did. Also evidence recovered in the James Earl Ray car that traces right back to Jack Ruby Strip Club in Dallas and therefore right back to the Kennedy assassination. You know that you have to keep in mind that we have wheels within wheels. The um, it's interesting if you stop to consider how many mysterious deaths go back to politically untouchable families. Look at Vince Foster. There's evidence that he was having an affair with Hillary Clinton. Normally, in an investigation, you would look at the person the victim had an affair with, but not in this case because it's Hillary Clinton. He was involved in so many covering up facts in so many of their scandals. Any fair, impartial investigation would immediately look at the Clinton family. Nope, can't do it. Just like with Prince Hunter. The DOJ ordered investigators not to look at anything involving the Bidens. There are so many scandals going on right now you don't you can't keep them straight without a program and then we got uh, I mean you know we're going to be talking about quite a lot of these um, mysterious deaths as we go on we got an individual um, name of Joseph Miltier Came from a small town in Quitman, Georgia. Wealthy, right-wing extremist, a racist. I don't care what color you are. I tend to agree with King. It's the... More than the color of your skin, we look at what kind of person you are. He lived in an old, run-down Victorian house. He inherited from his parents and lived off the money his parents set up for him. He didn't work. President of the Georgia chapter of the White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. He tend to instigate. At Klan meetings, he'd tell all the members of the, the White Knights a nation would be better off without John Kennedy. He'd also often expound on these meetings with the we'd be much, uh, much better off if... Uh, Martin Luther King was dead. And the White Knights of the Ku Klux Klan had been involved in violent activity against blacks and been suspected of several murders. In 1974, he mysteriously died when his home exp uh, when a uh, heater mysteriously exploded. After his death, a large cache of weapons had been found in his car. Neighbors around his home said right after his death there had been a 
bunch of trucks with Texas tags had been hauling off a lot of papers he had stored. He is suspected being involved in the September 13, 1963 Birmingham Alabama bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church. Killed in that bombing were Addie Mae Collins, 14, Denise McNair, 11, Carol Robertson, 14, Cynthia Wesley was also 14. Although several Klan members were arrested and convicted of the bombing and murder, there wasn't enough evidence to tie military in it, but he had been strongly suspected. He not only opposed Kennedy, actually hated him. November 9, 1963, he was with a childhood friend in Miami, Florida by the name of Willie Somerset. Somerset, uh, he didn't know, was an undercover police informant. Military was recorded telling his friend that uh, there was a plot to assassinate Kennedy from a tall building with a high-powered rifle and that very quickly somebody would be picked up to throw the public off. He was also involved in a group called the White Citizens Council. That group had about 60,000 members in it that opposed voter registration for blacks and the integration of schools and other facilities. Members often used severe intimidation tactics, including economic boycott, firing people from jobs, propaganda, and violence against citizens and civil rights groups. The group was also suspected of several murders. Like the Klan, the White Citizens Council would hold meetings in the open and develop strong political influence in the South. It had prominent white people in the South in it that could do things like call in loans and mortgages on black people who joined various civil rights groups or even attempted to register to vote. Well, we're going to talk in great detail about a lot of this, um, these secret groups. But for now, we've run out of time. So until tomorrow at this time, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.